If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. Wrong All things safe. Representative James on it's 11.06 on WSIC News Radio, and you're listening to All Things Sane. If you'd like to be part of the show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are also streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page, Twitter, X, formerly known as Twitter, LinkedIn, and finally out of YouTube jail. We're back on YouTube. Um, as we talked about last week on Senator Charter, so we still blame Jeff McNeely for that. Don't know if that's accurate, but we feel like he was the cause. I'm your guest host today, David Coble, along with Chris Carney. Uh, we're sitting in for Representative Sane, who is traveling today on uh, legislative business. Uh, hopefully, maybe get a chance to have him call in later today uh, or later during the show. Uh, but if not, I'm sure between me and Mr. Carney, we can fill the dead air. Uh, Chris Carney, how are you today, man? I'm doing super, Dave. Appreciate you guys having me on. Obviously, uh, you know, we've been friends a long time, but certainly uh, Jason and I served back in the General Assembly when he was a House member, and I that was a senator that covered Iredale, Lincoln, and Gaston. So uh, we have a long history together. Yeah, and so one of the interesting things about it, obviously, it is municipal election season uh, up and down the I-77 corridor. Mooresville's no different. And so you are running for uh, mayor of Mooresville. Uh, you former commissioner uh, there in the town of Mooresville. Obviously, as you just mentioned, served with Representative Sane um, in the legislature. You as a senator, um, and he is in, he in the House. So why go – so you went from local to state, and now you're coming back to local. So why on earth did you decide to jump back into this crazy world? Oh, that's a great question. A lot of people ask that. Um, to be fair, uh, I loved the local. It was actually my favorite of the two. And, you know, we've been out for about 10 years now. And, you know, I'm still a fairly young enough guy at this, in, in, at least in the political world, you know, 52. And the kids are all grown. But the Mooresville that I, I used to serve doesn't seem to be the Mooresville today. And a lot of frustration uh, amongst the community and the business community, um, kept coming forward. And uh, eventually, you just got to sit back and ask yourself, if, if you got the ability to help, why aren't you? And, um, you know, uh, the, the first question you always do, anybody who's married knows, you go to the wife and say, all right, if I decide to do this, are we going to be okay? And she said, well, as long as you don't go to Raleigh again, uh, I won't divorce you. So she goes, I'd love for us to get... And she's like, we, I, 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 she felt the same way about Mooresville. And and that's the, you know, it's the, it's our home. It's where we've raised our children and, and, and we certainly love it. And that's kind of where we uh, jumped off from and had a great outpouring of support, as you know, from the community. Oh, absolutely. So one of the interesting things about it, so you, you were commissioner of Ward 4 in Mooresville um, and then appointed to the North Carolina Senate, ran a couple of campaigns uh, in, in your, uh, in your bid for North Carolina Senate, uh, first for the uh, um, election out in your own right. And then you ran against uh, then sitting David Curtis. So talk to me a little bit about your, your back to running sort of Mooresville at large, right, as opposed to a ward. You're running municipally as opposed to a state-level office. What are the th things that you have found are similar in your campaign styles for municipal as you have state, and what are the things that are different? Uh, that's a really great question. Uh, th to be fair, I'll, I am a seasoned <laughs> professional. You so. are. <laughs> so uh, well, I also serve as the mayor pro tem, and I think that what happens is when you're, you're as a ward commissioner, I, I tell people all the time, your goal is to look out for that that ward. And then, of course, you're also trying to look out for the rest of town, but your real priority is your ward, right? And then when you're the mayor pro tem, all of a sudden you now have the whole town uh, as what you're, what you're, uh, you're really working towards trying to, to better. Um, and so essentially, I think that really gave me a good idea of what it was like to, to represent all of Mooresville. And to be fair to Tom, as you remember, we were going through some 
some some different issues. So it really uh, was challenging. But at the same time, we were number one in the country every year for uh, bringing in jobs uh, for cities under 50,000 people. So obviously, that's something that didn't ever change. That's still the backbone. Uh, anybody who really pays attention realizes jobs fix everything. People who have great got jobs, whether it's skilled labor, um, obviously for people who are um, currently making a minimum wage, their goal in life is to move up and make a better wage. Well, the best way to do that is through a skilled job. And then obviously we have you know quite a few corporates, uh, especially you know the Lowe's and you know some of those that are in our in our town. So I think it makes a big difference that um, I have a good working relationship with getting people to focus more on that. Uh, you know, obviously currently now Mooresville has just been overrun with with apartments. Um, and that's been frustrating. Um, obviously, what comes along with that is the infrastructure to support them. Obviously, that's not worked very well. Um, so, uh, you know, everybody wants to point the finger at the state. Well, the state's not the one that approves, you know, all these apartments. That's done locally, right? And so the land use plan has really kind of failed us, especially in this last decade. But on the flip side, the big projects are state-funded. And so I think serving as the former uh, vice chairman of transportation in the Senate, I have those relationships, a lot of people still in office that, that I worked with and still have, um, especially in the House as well. And Mr. Representative Sain is a perfect example. If you want to get road funding, you have to be able to communicate your needs and that message down to Raleigh and, and have it put into um, – a plan that then then they can vote on and send to you. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that changes in Moore's because, as you know, we've had poor representation from our board in Raleigh. We've had great represent representation on the General Assembly, you know, Representative Mills, obviously Senator Sawyer. But um, the communication hasn't been uh, from the mayor's office what it could. And uh, I think that's going to change drastically with uh, with bringing somebody with that kind of experience. Well, and to be fair, the the mayor role, I think a lot of people get um, confused when they're in North Carolina about the mayor role versus a, a town councilman role. Um, you know, the, it's not like New York City where mm -hmm. it's a powerful executive at that. The mayor really is a a is not really an executive. They're a figurehead and they're someone they're a leader who is there to you know obviously they run the meetings, they vote if there's a tie, but really their 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 job is to represent Morsel, to be the face of Morsel, to CEOs, to congressman to state level, um, you know, representatives and having a mayor that goes down to Raleigh and has relationships and makes those communications is critical for the success of um, your municipality. We've got mayors all up and down the I-77 corridor who make it a practice to be in Raleigh frequently. That really hasn't been in the case so much over the course of the last little bit from Mooresville. And so is that a priority for you? Oh, for sure. And, and I think the mistake that everybody makes, and, and it's only because nobody's really coached them well. <clears throat> is they go down for like a legislative day and they go and they everybody comes through and knocks on your door and they sit there and of course you listen to their 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 priorities that they have for the year. But that's not a relationship building. That's just almost like a sales call. And essentially real, real legislation happens that benefits you when you relationship uh, build on those relationships and they know you by name and they understand what's going on. So that's really the, one of the biggest differences that's going to change with the way we do business. Um, and, and I will just, if, if you'll allow, I know you're the great one, but I, I'd like <laughs> to, I, I think the mayor actually has a bigger role than, than that. And we, we, I tell people all the time that elected office is like professional football. Somebody else picks your team and then you all got to figure out how to play together. Well, 
currently, as you know, we have just had chaos with our board, with the fighting and the divisions. And bringing everybody back together and getting us on the same page is going to be imperative because when you're fighting amongst each other, you're not getting the people's business done. And I think changing the culture uh, in our town is going to be huge. And that's actually, I think, that was something that we're going to do almost immediately. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. No, absolutely. You're listening to All Things Sane on WSIC News Radio. I'm your guest, Phil and host David Coble, along with Chris Carney. We'll be back with you right after the break. Welcome back to All Things Sane on WSIC News Radio. I'm your guest host, David Coble, along with mayoral candidate Chris Carney. If you'd like to be part of the show, 844 Studio 4. We are also streaming live on the WSIC News website, on YouTube, on Facebook, X formerly known as Twitter, and on LinkedIn. We are at a uh, YouTube jail, which is great. uh, representative, representative Carney, Chris uh, Carney, Mayor, Representative. What? Anyway, Chris. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to go with that, Chris. Well, before the break, we were sort of talking about you know broadly some of the challenges uh, that you see in Mooresville that got you back into the race. You know, coming out of the election, should be for, should you be fortunate enough to get elected? What are going to be sort of the top three things that you want to focus on um, as part of um, being mayor? Well, we can't get past the fact that we're going to be looking for a new town manager. Obviously, the, that change is happening right now, and obviously that. That last manager has been somewhat embattled. Uh, and I think that w- what's going to be imperative is the the next uh, – we talked a little bit about culture, but the next the next manager has to have a customer service focus. I think that's kind of what we've lost. And and honestly, if we can get that taken care of at the top, I think it will trickle down to uh, – I do believe in trickle-down economics. Uh, <laughs> Ronald Reagan was a genius. And so um, I think that will also help in like a trickle-down culture. And and to be fair, we have so much going on right. Now. People realize there's seven or eight lawsuits sitting on our desk when we walk in. It's it's been a tough couple of years uh, for for the town board and uh, and staff. So we're gonna we have a lot to work through. But to be fair, outside of getting the manager and, and bringing that culture with them, we're gonna have to really attack uh, what's really been a really poor land use plan. Uh, it's it, as you, as you know, it's it's become just. Um, almost ridiculous, the kind of things. We want to change um, the way that we bring in a, a certain kind of a development without getting rid of the things that produce the job. So industrial, commercial, we need to still be able to focus on that. And then we need to tighten up the way that we've allowed sprawling, you know, you know uh, apartments and, and things like that. So I think that's going to be a huge part. Um, obviously, um, it, it, the stories you hear about even our corporations, you know, with code enforcement guys going out there with tape measures, measuring bushes. I mean, you know, I hear a company brings in 500 jobs and we're out there measuring to see if the bushes are 24 inches or 22 inches high. Come on. I mean, that's just some silly stuff going on like that. And, and that's why I tell people all the time. The, 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 a lot of these things are symptoms, whether you hear about the Josh's Farmer's Market, as you know, it's been a big deal. Um all those things are symptoms of an overall disease. Of we just got out of the customer service business, and when you walk into town hall, you should feel like they're there to help you, not just as a regulatory arm. And so that that's certainly going to be something we're going to have to change. Um, and, and people don't realize this, but uh, police and fire, we have strained them. Calls are up 61, 62 percent. You know, 
And Mooresville is not an inexpensive place to live. Taxes have gone up 62% over the last decade. So we're charging people a lot of money to live there. They deserve to have the very best. And to be fair, our police and fire work really hard. Um, but we got to make sure that it's a that, that is a that is a job that's done by human beings, and you need enough bodies on the streets to to do it. Fentanyl has made its way into all of our communities. We've got to get ahead of this, uh, working with the schools and working with our law enforcement. And, and to be fair, I'm really proud, as you know. Uh, the first responders have come out in droves for me, you know, whether it be the FOP of Turner Police, the uh, Firemen's Association, the former fire chief, former police chief, um, those guys coming out, State Highway Patrol. And, and I'm so thankful for that because they see how important this election is. And there's a decided difference between the two candidates. And um, and I, I'm, I'm really proud that my past has been able to to show people what they can expect when it comes to that. Um, and, and probably, la- obviously, the most important issue, as we know, is um, the manner in which we fund our roads. And and people, you know, don't realize that it, it, it's not an impossible, you know, Highway 150 is going to be hard. It's, it's going to be a mess. When we did Brawley reconstruction and expansion, it was awful. And that probably moved 10 or 15% of the traffic that the 150 corridor does. And to be honest with you, we don't have enough other uh, east to west ways to move around Mooresville. So we're going to have to push the, the state to help us fund a couple of those projects almost before um, since the, the 150 has been pushed out. And so we can get traffic moving east and west um, because if everybody still wants to use 150, you're talking about everybody from downtown Mooresville to to uh, on the west side of the lake to Cheryl's Ford comes up and down that road. And it connects us from Lincoln County to you know, over to Rowan County, it, all of that can't happen on a two-lane road, and so it's going to be a uh, it's going to be quite an endeavor. But I'm I'm excited about working with the DOT to come up with a better plan. You know, you bring up the uh, land use planning question. Um, you know, and I know that one of the things that I have found is oh well, then there we go. Then we, I will we will pause as the namesake of the show has actually called in to talk to us a little bit. Representative Sane, how are you doing today, sir? Well, I'm doing great. You guys sound like you're doing great. I was enjoying listening to the conversation, uh, and I, I hope that uh, our future mayor there uh, embraces my my uh, my plan for the tunnel under Lake Norman. <laughs> I think that might solve a lot of problems. Uh, <clears throat> no, hey, it's yeah, good good talk to you guys. And I'm, I'm only joking about the channel, uh, but uh, although it might work, um, now, joining you from Denver, the Mile High City today, I'm at the Cable Broadband Academy. I've been out here with Representative Jake Johnson and other legislators from across the country, learning more about broadband and what we're doing to expand that into rural areas and make it more accessible for everybody. But uh, appreciate you guys doing the show today. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, Representative Saint, I know that both you and Representative Johnson have been, um, you know, champions on the technology side um, of the equation down in the General Assembly. A lot of people don't realize that, um, and, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were instrumental in sort of creating um, a, a, you know, a technology-related uh, committee there in the House to look at the state's technology needs and how we get, um, you know, more technology, more broadband, and things like that out to our rural areas. And so I know that's been a, a big focus of both you and Representative Representative Johnson, what are some of the things that you've sort of learned uh, while you've been out in Denver on how North Carolina can do this job better? Well, it's, it's kind of funny. Actually, other states are learning how North Carolina does mm-hmm. better than they do. Um, we, we've been at the front of this for a long time, to, to your point. Uh, we had an IT uh, committee, IT appropriations committee that started um, under, under Speaker Tom Tillis. 
and I became its first chairman, and now Jake Johnson has that role. But we we've been do, we have done better than any other state, leveraging all the federal money that has come in uh, and pushing that back out. We, we've got uh, uh, j- just coming up in, in this next year will be 144,000 new addresses, new homes, uh, not new homes, but new new service to these homes. Uh, because we've been able to leverage a lot of that, that, that funding. So you know, it takes a little while to get the wires to the ground and, and strung up on the poles, but um, we, we do that with an accelerated program that we have called the GREAT program, uh, <clears throat> which I'll tell you why it's GREAT, because we named it GREAT, and that's why it's GREAT. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, and, uh, it actually gets a lot of resources out to rural areas uh, and partners with the private sector folks so that we can – we can really leverage, uh, you know, all the efforts and, and get the most of it. Um, so we will continue to do that. Um, but it, but it's also uh, the cable show that, that this is in conjunction with. Uh, so all the broadband providers are just next door looking at what they're doing, the new offerings that they have uh, as far as how technology is really just on an accelerator and continuing to deliver high speeds. It's, it's really exciting to, to witness all that and, and become as familiar as we can with it. Um, just because it is, it is so important. Um, you know, we, we, we leverage $350 million into our growing rural economies and access to technology fund. That's an acronym for great. And, uh, we, we reversed that, right? So we, we made it fit, but, uh, and then we also have a, a completing access to broadband, which is another 400 million. All in all, we spent as a state about over a billion dollars, uh, over the last, uh, two years in, in making sure that we are delivering broadband to those unserved areas across our state. Hey, Jace, this is Chris. Chris, and I just wanted, I think so many people may not know this, but going all the way back to 2012, um, remember when you came and visited uh, when Mooresville, we went on like education, because both you and I were on education committees back then, and remember how we visited some of the Mooresville Great School District and some of the Iowa Statesville, and at the time, uh, we were. They had rolled out that one-to-one initiative with the laptops, and 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 we were just so, you know, taken aback by how it's helped. Because as you know, back in the day when we were coming through, the book we got, by the time you it was in your hand, it was you know ten years old, and it was printed five or six years before that, and the information they used was five years before that. So world world things change so quickly, the kids are already behind in the information in the book. And whereas now when we put a laptop in their hand, they have just up to date st- stuff every single day. And, and, and it's so interesting because remember we talked about how important that was to our area and, and your goal then was to try to figure out how to do that for kids across the state of North Carolina. Well, that's it. I mean, it's, and that's how you and I both learn, right? We, we go and we see who does it better than anybody else and then try to uh, replicate it, improve upon it, and so forth. And, I, and you know, the Mooresville di- School District at the time was really, um, you know, it, at the forefront. I mean, it's, it was, now it's an idea that's kind of been almost universally accepted across the state. But then it was, you know, cutting edge stuff. Uh, and it's, you know, and, and, I, and I'm so glad to, to be able to talk to you guys this morning. I wasn't sure if I'd, I'd make it on, but um, and, and, and why I support your candidacy for mayor, right? Because you look at issues. Um, so differently than, than most. We don't accept the status quo as this is the way it's always going to be. Uh, let's find out how it can be better. What can we do to improve it and keep striving for that? Uh, and you mentioned roads. I mean, same, same thing. We can't do it the way we've always done it. Now, it's a hard um, thing to do to convince the rest of the state that our roads are more important than theirs. However, we can look at the math, and the math says we've got lots of people, right? We, we've got uh, a very narrow uh, 
way to move people from, from one place to the other. And you and I travel, you know, 150 uh, as much as anybody, maybe more than most. Uh, and we know how just aggravating that can be uh, if you're trying to get from one place to the other. I, you know, I've, I literally plan, you know, if I've got meetings over in Mooresville, uh, you know, I, I have to look at the, the time of day that, that we're going to have the meeting and try to arrange it in a way so that I don't have to sit an extra 45 minutes in traffic, right? So <clears throat> looking at, at being innovative and looking at new ways to look at, at, at the problems it faces, I think probably, Chris, is why I'm so excited that you're running for mayor. Uh, when you told me you were running, uh, I, I thought it was great that you were going to do it, and, uh, and I know that you'll make a, a great mayor. Oh, I appreciate that, and I'll be fair. Having the senior approach chair say that is a big deal, and I, and I, and I, and I will tell you uh, the thing I like that we bring to you, hopefully, is that when we ask for road money, we tell you that the jobs that come along with that are going to put money in the coffers of North Carolina at the same time. So hopefully that is uh, something that makes us a little more appealing. Representative saying thank you. All you have to do is understand math. <laughs> <laughs> the new 105.9 100.7 he through or does he, yeah, he has a okay. it's back and it's better than no, we went to break, right? oh, is it, he's still there Jay? Yeah. oh yeah there you go buddy sorry we're on the break now <laughs> yeah uh, you hit the hard break yeah, yeah but it, it, that is exactly how's Denver uh, uh, we've had a good time it's been fun I got Angela with me, and uh, Jake and Elise were out, but they, they flew out this morning. Then we fly to Dallas next. Um, so uh, we've got a conversation about uh, big tech in Dallas. So this is uh, Angela's first big trip with the boss man to, to get all the hands-on um, you know, information from the broadband people. And it's been, it's been, it's been a lot. It's been very educational. I mean, we, we've learned a lot really. Well, the good news is the live streaming people get to like hear the inside of what, what, what happens to be, to be somebody like you that goes around. And I don't think the average person has any idea of, of, what a great ambassador you really are for our state. And you go around and you, you've helped so many other states. I've been there with you when an Ohio goes, how did you do this? Or, you know, tell us how we can do this better. So, I mean, I appreciate that. You've really done a great job of, of showing the rest of the country kind of how fantastic North Carolina is and the way we do things. Yeah, Jason, we can add this oh, on man. to the podcast as like uh, extra content that people have to pay for. I think well, there's a way to monetize this behind the scenes type stuff on your show. <laughs> we, we might have to get an ethics ruling. Really, 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 I'd love to get this campaign. I think it'll be fun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I love it. I love it. Jason, thanks for calling in, buddy. Have a great flight and travel safe. All right, guys. Thanks so much for doing it. Hey, pal, thank thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And thanks again for the endorsement. We appreciate that. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All Things Safe with Representative Jason Welcome back to All Things Sane on WSIC News Radio. You're listening to your guest host, David Coble, along with guest host Chris Carney for the day. Representative Jason Sane, who was just with us, is out traveling. If you'd like to be part of the show, 844 Studio 4. We are also streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page, YouTube, and X, formerly known as Twitter, as well as LinkedIn. So great hearing from Representative Sane calling in from, from Denver. I know he's preparing to uh, to leave out. But, you know, broadband is, is in, in access 
access to it and technology is, you know, as you mentioned uh, with Representative Sane, Morsel really was on the forefront of that. And you got to see that um, when you were on the uh, Morsel Town Board. And so I know that technology has always been a big focus. You obviously had kids growing up through in Morsel and the school systems, also access to those things. So it's really amazing the focus that we're seeing from the state level um, on broadband and on tech and, you know, something that you were a part of when you were part of the Morsel Town Board originally. Yeah, it is funny because I tease them. As you know, we've gotten countless endorsements out of the General Assembly, and I tease them about the fact of when we first started talking about this, they 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 were always giving me a hard time about aren't we kind of getting in the way of in what private sector does? And now that the state has embraced it, uh, they uh, like to joke that I was a Renaissance man and, and <laughs> ahead. But but we just learned quickly that you can't go. Broadband, although people didn't see it as a utility at the time, is 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 as necessary as so many other things that you have come to your house. And and to be fair, if you work from home, you realize dependable internet service is the backbone of of being able to have a job. And especially look at during uh, COVID. I mean, you want to talk about us being really seeing what could come about before it ever did? Because who could have survived COVID without the internet, right? And and people don't realize if you're a small business owner on Main Street, you're still running so much of your business through you know uh, through through using online services and stuff. And it, people don't realize that 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 affects everybody from the smallest business all the way to the big corporate. You know, people don't uh, probably didn't know, but when Lowe's popped in, it was such a we had such a bad system at the time. They had to drop their own fiber ring, in in order to be able to. To, to have a corporate center over there. So it really has come a long way. And then and from there, like I said, the kids today, I mean, they they are, as you know, there's they are so smart when it comes to technology. Every one of them has had some kind of piece of technology. Now we can argue whether that's good or bad. I have my mixed feelings of it, of course. But um and my kids will tell you we we weren't big fans of a lot of stuff. They weren't even allowed to watch SpongeBob because I felt like it would drop their IQ. But um, <laughs> but uh, they have uh, we you know we went through the public school system, you know. And I tell people I'm I'm all about letting parents make their choices. But we have a tremendous schools available to our kids, and they um, and some of that was also the technology that allowed them to um, have information just. You know, when we were kids growing up, if you wanted to write a paper, remember, you had to go to the library, pull out an encyclopedia, right? And you'd spend 10 hours of research and two hours of writing. Now these kids, you know, they have information just at their fingertips, and um, it's really changed the way that kids learn. So um, if we're going to continue to be a, a strong state and specifically a strong town, getting uh, our our kids ready for the workforce it, it requires them having those skills, and that's the world has changed in that way. And and we owe our kids the ability to go out into the workforce when they get done, whether it be going on to a four-year education, a two-year uh, Mitchell's fantastic, as you know, um, learning a trade. Um, you know, we really need to concentrate back on the trades, and and I've been working with the local corporations. That will be our next goal is to get everybody on in the room to talk about how we start programs with our school systems to get these kids interested in the trades. Um, that is probably the piece that we're still missing some because for so long, every kid was told you go to a four-year university. And that was just a mistake, and we all know it. We knew it then. Um, now we realize that uh, if you want to go on and, and be a welder or you want to be uh, HVAC, I'm going to give a shout-out to Ryan Harkey. 
uh, uh, and some of those guys in, in Mooresville that have kind of Mooresville grade school. Uh, you know, he, he's he got a great business up there and homegrown kid. And, and I, I mean, he has just done so fantastically in growing his business. So I think that's the piece that we're really going to focus on next. Absolutely. And before uh, we talked to Representative saying you were sort of going through the top three things that you wanted to focus on as mayor, um, obviously, number one was growth, right? Yeah. How, and growth and roads and how we manage that. And so you brought up our land use planning. So in your mind, how can we get our arms around? Because we don't want to discourage investment, um, obviously, in our community, but we want to make sure that, you know, those who are bringing, you know, development, be it commercial, be it residential, are going in the places that it makes sense while balancing the needs of the community right. and not stifling the investment because, you know, you need additional tax revenue, obviously, to, you know, avoid raising your taxes, right? So talk to me a little bit about sort of what your vision is for how we we as a community can 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 balance those needs in an effective way. Well, I think the majority of the time people realize there's going to be parts of any town, but we'll use Mooresville specifically, that are going to get crowded. Like, for example, you know, the, if you go to where Target is or you go where Walmart is in those shopping areas, it, it, it is going to be crowded. And people anticipate that. What's hurt? hurt us is that we've allowed that to sprawl in every direction. So now you can't get any relief in any direction you go. So essentially what I, I use an example of whether you talk about like a Morrison plantation, you know, for those of you who live in that area, you'll know what I'm talking about. The amount of infrastructure that is around that supports it. And that's why we hear almost no complaints. And so you got everything from shopping to living to apartments to single family housing. And it's all built in this with, with, uh, you know, four lane roads in every direction around it, and and it moves the traffic well. That that's really how you do it. You 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 have an overall plan that brings the two together, and you don't allow. What really kills us is when you drop in five hundred apartments in a turn lane. You know, nobody nobody benefited there. So I always laugh when you hear develop you hear politicians say or elected officials, whatever name they go by, you you hear them say, oh, you know, I believe in smart growth. Ask them what that means. They'll never answer it right. And I tell people smart growth is something that helps the people that are already there. So if it makes your life better, then it was smart growth. If it makes your life worse, then it was dumb growth, right? <laughs> and so I think that that's the piece that really uh, we're going to get folks back on. And let's be fair. People don't realize it, it, the, the, the poor, like – Poor woman who has two acres of land who comes to the town and says, hey, I want to um, take and divide it. And my child wants to build a house on the other acre, right? I have an acre for each house. They go through the same process as somebody building a massive project. And it's, you know, seven, eight, nine months and and hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes. And, and that's the piece that people don't realize yeah, you want to hold these big out-of-town developers who want to drop in there. You really want to focus on uh, making sure they realize where you want them and where you don't. But the average citizen should feel like they could walk in there and have some kind of service to where they're not being just treated unfairly. And and that's really going to be a big difference. We're also going to be looking for a new planning director. As you know, They've that person's left. And the, the next one we have, again, is going to be under that same idea of, how to, to match what the people of Mooresville want. So often those people that we get from somewhere else, they think like Durham and they think like Charlotte. And we're just not those places. If somebody wanted to live in Charlotte, they wouldn't have moved to Mooresville. That's not what we do. And um, th I think that's the bigger piece is we have to start mirroring our staff to what we're looking for from 
being more resilient, and uh, that's going to make a massive difference for people. Absolutely. And one of the other things before we get to the break that um, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, you've you've also done a lot of work outside of the public sphere, you know, in your private life around parks and rec and fields and things like that. And so I know that that's something that you've um, spent a lot of time focused on, you know, from a from a town of Mooresville standpoint, I think we've been very fortunate um, in the amount of parks we have, open space and things like that. Any specific areas in that that you'd uh, like to see, um, you know, some improvements and or new um, efforts in as uh, ran around park recreation or, or recreation in general? Sure. Well, as you know, because um, you came on the town board um, after I, when I was going in the Senate, but the, you, you know, we built a lot of parks from 2005 to 2011 while, while, I, was, while I was on the town board. And essentially, you know, the Mazeppas and the Corneas and the Hopes. And I mean, so we, that was one of the main things. Mooresville had gotten so far behind. So I'll, I'm proud, almost every park that somebody plays on today, we built during that time. And then you guys picked it up from there. And, and as you know, I had some frustration because you were a great advocate, but some of the others weren't. And as, as you know, we came back. My family was very, um, we worked hard to privately even donate some parks back to the town of Mooresville. We got some of the business community and we were able to finish out the Cornelius Park, adding those three fields and the two softball fields to it. And you were instrumental um, in pushing that through. It's it's hard to believe that the town of Mooresville wasn't sure how to accept free stuff, but you, you, you were really great to work with. And I appreciate that. I have uh, never had a problem accepting free yeah, stuff. Just, no, just, right. just, just, just for perspective. Yeah, but, but you know this, we saved the, we saved the community millions of dollars by doing it that way. And, um, and working, we, you know, we started working with the school. So they bought, you know, uh, hundred acres, they built a school and we built a, 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 some athletic fields with it. So I think that when we do that, people don't realize how many millions of dollars we save the taxpayer. So we're going to expand on that. And to be fair, there's still lots of opportunity. It, every every kid in Mooresville shouldn't be that far away from being able to go and have some recreation. And uh, some of the times it's a, it's a, it's a school that we can go ahead and work with to add some more stuff so that they can go. South Elementary, you know, we went and got them some money um, working with Lowe's uh, Foundation to get them some money to finish out their um, playground because that's an essential part of that community and the people who walk to South to, to play every 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 weekend. Awesome. Well, you are listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC News Radio. We will be right back. Insane on WSIC News Radio. I'm your guest host, David Coble, along with Chris Carney. Live to be part of the show, 844 Studio 4. Also, still streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page, YouTube, X, formerly known as Twitter and LinkedIn. You know, here's one thing I will say. Representative Saint always has the best music. He does. And throwing in a little call me maybe in there after previously insane in the membrane. He got Renaissance man is that guy with music. <laughs> may, and may I tell people, if you don't know Jason Sane, the guy you hear on air is the same. He is never changed. He is an awesome human being to hang out with. Um, and he's an awesome representative, uh, very focused on the citizen. But it, it is he is a he is a funny guy. He really he does. Is. Yeah. He, he is great. He is great to talk to, and always has um, some really just really funny comments. And his 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 pop culture references are the stuff of legend down there in Raleigh, um, especially during oh, speeches. So I'll share this because I know we got a lot to still talk about. But when our offices were across from each other in the General Assembly, he'd walk out, and I used to always laugh. 
stuff that he'd always be singing some song. And of course, you know, I'm not nearly as cool as he is. So I'd have to go back to my kids and ask him, you know, what song was this that Riverdale <laughs> Saint was singing? But uh, yeah, he's always been a, he's been a fun guy. So with the last few minutes that we've got left um, earlier uh, in the show, you sort of alluded to some, uh, you used, used an interesting word, chaos, to describe some of the things that you've been seeing, um, you know, between the, the town board, the mayor, and, and sort of some things going on up there. Um, and I know that you've gone to, um, you know, several town board meetings and everything like that. And so, you know, talk a little bit about sort of you know, a little bit more in detail what you're seeing and sort of, you know, just why it is you feel like this is, a, this is an issue. Well, I'll be, I'll be fair. Last Monday night, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because it has just troubled me. I, I went to the meeting Monday night and, um, and as you know, there's been some, some, a, a, a lot of talk about some of the stuff that's been going on behind closed doors in, in some of the meetings. Specifically, there was discussion about, um, you know, somehow it got out that they had offered the the one the, the, my opponent, Commissioner Compton, had they brought in a contract for four years for the current embattled ma- uh, uh, manager. You know, and that you know four year contract is nine hundred thousand dollars, and so. You know, at, at the, I guess that got out and got out to one of the local news sources. And so instead of – I'm thankful, actually, whichever commissioner decided to come out of that room and expose something like that, that would have been just dreadful for the citizens and certainly tied the hand of every uh, board going forward. I mean, can you imagine having to buy out somebody for $900,000? That, that Basically, that means you can't ever fire a manager for, for cause and so uh, for, for not doing his job the way you want him to. And so essentially somebody was courageous enough. And to be fair, even when you hear that conversation that went back, some of the commissioners said, hey, what people don't realize is the, 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 there's like a personnel committee. Well, when, when only half of the personnel committee, which was, the, you know, the guy running for mayor, brings a contract without telling the other half of the personnel committee and then waits for that person to be gone out of town to bring it to the rest of the board members, that's just not the way we do business. And then Monday night, uh, I'll be fair, the, watching the mayor chastise the board for for something like that getting out and open public, we just never did that. Honestly, if you had something you want to say to another elected, you, you just say it to them, you know, uh, somewhere else. But you certainly, I can't imagine, I, I would have actually, I'm thankful to the person who exposed that because the citizens should know that's the kind of stuff going on. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in closed session that you want to keep like, you know, stuff like buying land that you, you're afraid somebody's going to compete with you on or something that's going to hurt a personnel issue, you know, with somebody. Um, but but when you're talking about contracts for managers, that's the public's business. And that and to be fair, that the fact that that they don't see doing that behind closed doors in a manner that would have tied everybody's hands and put the, the citizens in that as, as being a problem. For the commissioners who were against it, thank you. And for whomever it was that let the public know about it, I thank you even more because I'm glad that we can now uh, expose that and make sure we let them know that's not the way we do business in Mooresville. And to be fair, we didn't we didn't do it when you were there. Mm-hmm. And we certainly didn't do it when I was there. So that is a different way of doing things. Well, and I, and I will say, as you know, both of us are served on boards where, you know, you have, in many instances, you have strong personalities. You have people with differing views. And the, the good thing about the, the boards that I was, that I served on, um, or the, the, for, for my term where it largely, we could, we could disagree without being disagreeable. That's right. And, and we could, we, we didn't take things personally. We, we moved past issues. I mean, you know, I myself, you know, had numerous disagreements with different commissioners, but it was never personal. It was, right. and, and it seems like that in, in many instances, especially with this, uh, thankfully outgoing mayor that, um, it's gotten personal and it's 
it's gotten uh, with, and I think it, uh, a reset is 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 necessary in one form or another. Just to be fair with you, um, just because it just you can't get business done for the people if you have that kind of you know acrimony going back and forth and, That's and, right. and personal problems. So. Well, in human nature, is if you come in a room with fight or flight always on the mind. Yeah, people no longer listen to each other, and that's that's really, as you know, four out of six of the commissioners called to say, "Chris, we got to do something different." I hope you can come and and, and jump in the, to the office. That's really one of the things that helped push me over the end is when you realize that many of them wanted to see something different. I, we can honestly imagine which one didn't call me because you know, <laughs> I was for the marriage. But but when you when you look from there, that that I'm if and if they want that, that means that they realize that hopefully. I'll be that bridge that brings kind of those two sides a little bit better together. Absolutely. So uh, with the uh, remaining few minutes, obviously, we've heard a lot about sort of uh, the political politics side of your run for mayor, but not a whole lot about the personal side. So, you know, you know, you talk a little bit about sort of your personal life, what you do for a living family, those types of things, where you're from. Sure. Uh, Married Francie. We we celebrate 27 years tomorrow. Uh, we've got three beautiful children. Uh, the girls are 24, uh, both in grad school. Um, and Will is 19. He's a sophomore in Chapel Hill. Um, and we've just been so blessed with just having a great family. And, um, you know, Francis and I started dating in high school. So um, just just a tremendous support there. Um, and, and, you know, in, in my private life, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I've, I, I own I've owned own a company and I've owned other companies that have, I feel like I've, I've been successful and it set me up for a place because Mooresville is a $150 million company. And and that's really what we're asking the mayor to do is help run a $150 million company. And you should bring some some business acumen to that job because it's that important. And and to be fair, you waste a lot of money in government and, and the people who pay taxes, they just want to see a return on that investment. And again, we talk about this and more, we'll pay a lot of taxes. They went up a lot this last year for sure. Um, and I, I think that what we're going to be able to do is explain to people like when we spend a dollar, they should feel like it was spent wisely. And as you know, back in my original time on the board, I was able to um, cut some money from the budget because we we took jobs that really didn't have a real value back to the citizen. And when you do that, you're able to use that money in other ways. And so I, I think that, like I said, my business background's helped with that a lot. Um, but again, uh, as as I've lived in Mooresville since 97, um, grew up, in, you know, in Hickory, um, you know, and some people think Hickory and Mooresville have a lot in common. And then some some people think, oh, they're totally different. And I was like, ah, you know, an interstate going through the middle of it in, in a lake, you know, kind of makes us similar anyway. But um, it's been it's been great. And like I said, I've met so many great people there and I made a lot of friends. And I think the good thing in Mooresville, most people tell you that you may not agree w- with me, but, you know, I, I, I always shoot you straight. And if we if I agree with you, you can count on me stick them behind the subject. That's why uh, so many of the Mooresville graded school board members have been so kind because they realize, you know, although we don't fund schools, we do so many things that affect them and they know they can count on me sticking beside them as we do, we make changes that are going to help. Um, like again, land use planning affects them too. You add a bunch of houses, you got to add a school. And when you add a school, the county's got to pay for it, right? And then they got to figure out how to staff it at the system. So whether you're talking about a Lake Shore or like Norman Elementary, or you're talking about, you know, a South or or a Parkview, which is a great school. I love to go read over there to the kids. Um, it, a lot of things are affected by the decisions we make, and the communication between uh, schools and the town has is just not been as good. And 
I'm, I'm so thankful they've also stepped up to say they, they're ready for a reset as well. Absolutely. Some uh, quick, real quick state-level news. Uh, Bill Graham, who's an attorney out yeah. of Salisbury, I think you're familiar with him, uh, announced uh, just before we went on the air, now he, he's going to be running for governor, putting about $5 million of his own money uh, into it to get that going. So it's interesting because a, a, a recent Civitas poll came out, showed Mark Robinson with a little over 48%, and then 41% were undecided, and then the remainder was split between uh, – you know, state treasurer Del Falwell and a, and a couple of other candidates that had, that had announced. So, I mean, you know, you know, handicap this for me. I mean, you know, you know, uh, Mr. Graham, uh, good guy. Chances good. I mean, shakes well, things up. How do you feel like that plays out? Anytime somebody self funds, that's always interesting. But uh, to be fair, uh, um, I, I know Dale and Mark both personally, as you know, uh, served with Dale and certainly uh, know Mark. Um, I, it, it that is I don't think anybody's getting in the way of those guys. I mean they're they're they've been at it for a while and it's hard to jump in at the kind of at this time and these guys have been campaigning for the last year. So I I I think it's certainly um it, that anybody else is kind of on the outside looking in. To be fair, you know, good for him for wanting to get his name out and, and work work towards it. Um, but I think it would be difficult to uh, derail, like you said, those 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 Mark's got. A, a big lead on everybody. And, um, you know, everybody's trying to catch him now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the same thing goes with the Democrats. Josh has got a big lead on everybody. And, uh, you know, he and I served in the Senate together. And um, it, it looks like it's coming down to those two guys. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if uh, – if, um, if anybody can chip away at those leads. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in, you know, so coming into the home stretch of the campaign, election day is November 7th. Yep. Um, so you're still going to be out uh, pounding the pavement, events, knocking doors. You had to get out the vote event uh, on Main Street or uh, in downtown this past weekend. Yep. So uh, putting in the hard work in the home stretch. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, certainly not left anything. We've knocked thousands of doors. You've probably seen our mailers if you're if you're a Mooresville person, you've definitely seen our door hangers. Um, we're going to continue to do that. Got another couple uh, walking uh, events coming up, and uh, really excited about it. I think our messaging has been great, and uh, hopefully, uh, people will appreciate that it's time to get back to doing things. Uh, the, the right way. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris Carney, good luck in the coming race. You are in the home stretch. Remember, folks listening, election day is November 7th. Early voting, I believe, has started. Tomorrow. Uh, no, tomorrow. Actually, starts tomorrow. So uh, vote early. Uh, don't vote often. <laughs> and uh, if you can't get it, get on election day. You've been listening to All Things Sane on WSIC News. Hopefully, Representative Sane will be back next week. Everybody have a good rest of your week. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.